He was smuggling his face cup. Why would he pour it out then? Pour it all over his face. That's right. <laughs> like Al Pacino. Say hello to my little friend. What's up, Internet? You're listening to the 20th episode of the Series 6 Podcast, where we review each and every episode of Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. We are your hosts. I'm R.D. And I'm Jay. Get ready to engage your hyperdrive. This time around, we'll be reviewing episode 20, titled The Power Within. But before getting into that, I want to do a little housekeeping. Last episode, I forgot to mention that Stuart and I participated in a script reading on a podcast called Transformers Reanimated. So it's hosted by Yoshi from Transmissions and Greg from Unfunny Nerd Tangent. And uh, they write a comic book script for every episode of Transformers that didn't happen before the movie. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So everything that happened between the end of season two and the beginning of Transformers the movie in 1986. Right. They're filling in all those blanks. Good stuff. So if there's characters missing that didn't make it to the movie, they eventually explain why in one of their scripts. Yeah. Didn't we see Jetfire? I think I saw him briefly. Jetfire in the movie? Yeah. Negative. He was my favorite, you know that, right? He was never seen again after season two. Anyway, on that script reading that we did Mm -hmm. on Transformers Reanimated, three things happened. I volunteered to read like a little girl character just so I could slip in a stupid joke. Nice. (laughs) That already sounds funny. (laughs) I mean, the joke landed, but my reading was horrible. (laughs) I was like so ashamed. (laughs) I need wait, yeah, it wasn't too far off from that, man. It was horrible. So I, I blame my sore throat. I had a sore throat at the time. Of course. But, you know, like, you can listen to it. You be the judge. Yeah, okay, well. I, honestly, <laughs> I should have volunteered to edit that episode. The good thing about editing is that I can come in and save a bad joke. Or if I do a bad reading. Yeah, you can fix it. Yeah, I can re-record it if I want. True, benefits of editing. That's why I don't do it. Oh, something else that happened. Stuart crushed every voice that he did. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Good like, stuff. From, from speak and spell to Omega Supreme, his impressions were spot on. What? He did Omega Supreme? Oh, that was my dude. He did Omega Supreme. That was awesome. Did he? You got to listen to it, man. I will. I definitely will. And something else happened. I ended up liking the script so much that I penciled a couple of pages from it. Oh, nice. I did page one and page like 18 or something like that, like close to the end. Okay. Yoshi dug them and he put them on the reanimated blog all right so you can see my artwork if you're interested in seeing those oh cool you hear that listener free viewing and greg did some lettering he did the word balloons okay good stuff good to see people using their other talents man i try to draw every chance i get now i'm way out of practice because i haven't i don't draw every day you know what i mean so like whenever i get a chance i try to take advantage yeah yeah man i do it in meetings and then if i start getting really into it people start paying attention i'm like ah, i can't do this although i did buy this awesome pencil bag man oh yeah now you know since school man i've had all these designer lead holders and stuff and pencils yep i had them in this flashlight box this mag light box right and they're rattling around in my bag so i was like there's got to be a better way i went on amazon found this leather pencil bag it rolls out and you slide all your pencils in, it rolls back up, and it is... It looks like something that Jack the Ripper might have used, right? Yes. He's <laughs> like so messed up, dude. <laughs> I come to a meeting, roll out my pencils. Everybody starts looking at you weird, like, <laughs> Like, wait a minute, what's going on here? All right, Jay, I have a topic. Jack the Ripper. <laughs> he only had one knife. Okay, yep, what's the topic? <laughs> all right. Uh, the topic is, can you name a title or property be it film, book, animation, etc., that, in retrospect, you realize is way better than you ever gave it credit for. Wait, wait, you said film, anything? Yeah, it could be film, book, animation, porn. No, (laughs) porn's all the same, dude. I mean... No, man. Like, uh, Deep Throat, that is art. That is not art, man. Sure, that 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 was a film in the 70s. It was in the theaters. I know, I know, but it's not, I mean, I watched it in the 80s and the 90s, so it was like, you're like. It was Oscar nominated. <laughs> you're like watching like. <laughs> it had a plot. So did Debbie Does Dallas, dude. Yeah. yeah. All right, it had a plot. Well, look, man. It's still. Somebody <laughs> had to do it. 
Dallas needed doing. You know, why would they want to do Dallas when they could be doing Miami? It would be more like Daryl does Miami. My name would be Daryl. Um, anyways, <laughs> so this took a turn. So, um, book that I thought was better than I um, expected. Is it a book you decided on? I could think of one book, but it has to be something that you underestimated, and then you look back on it and you're like, "Wait a minute, that was actually pretty dope." Oh yeah, I had a couple movies. Well, the movie I could think of um, was Usual Suspects. Remember that one? Yes. Kaiser Sose. Yeah. That Kevin one. Spacey. Yeah, yeah, that one was uh, Benicio del Toro. Oh, and oh wait, wait, wait. Okay, I got an even more recent one with Kevin Spacey. Oh my goodness. Why? What's the matter? Kevin Spacey is like in all kinds of trouble. I know, I know. That's why it's good. <laughs> and Brian Singer, same same situation. <laughs> good, good There's that movie. There's that movie. The usual suspects. It is. They they, they were usual, um, or unusual, <laughs> if you want to. Anyways, um, Baby Driver. Okay. Have you watched that? I did. I didn't expect it to be that good. I didn't understand why people were making a big deal out of it. I was like, it's yeah. Sorry. Right. No, it was good to me, man. Of course, my, you know, then 16-year-old, 15-year-old wanted to see it all over the place. And, you know, went to see it. And I was just kind of, the thing I found cool about it is how music moved everything. So when things were moving, the music was the reason. And it wasn't like the music was playing in the background. He was actually listening to the music. <laughs> so... Yeah, he would drive around with his headphones in. That's what made it kind of cool because the director thought about that as the one grounding force for all of it. Everything that happened in that movie was about music. Him enjoying music, him loving music, but then it was so ingrained in him, everything that he did was connected to music. It's kind of similar to, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't do it to that extent. It's more like a uh, a nostalgia-based playlist. Right. They're playing to the whole like Shrek and all the rest of those movies. They play these old songs that are really popular and they toss them into a story and everybody, one, the kids love the movies because of the imagery and the adults love the movie because the adult jokes that are interlaced along with an old school soundtrack they know and love. They did it with that movie Sing, with Trolls. Mm -hmm. All the Shreks. Yeah, definitely the Shreks. But like I said, Baby Driver, I look back at and just in retrospect, that definitely does it. You have a more appreciation for it as you look back at it. I do. You ready for mine? Yes. Mine is Blade Runner. Really? Yeah. Get out. Starring Harrison Ford right in the middle of his Star Wars fame. Oh. Directed by Ridley Scott, one of the best visual storytellers in the business. Concept art. Oh, yeah. That was out of control. By a futurist artist and my idol, Sid Mead. You thought this out very well. Well, yeah. I wrote it. I know you did. (laughs) No, this movie got by me. Like, around that time, I was too busy with He-Man and G.I. Joes. Right, right. We wouldn't have been able to watch it, man. It was was rated R. So, of course, it got by us. I managed to see some R-rated movies back then. Of course we did, but, you know, when it came out, that wouldn't have been one of the ones I'd want to sneak into, though. Yeah. Even a few years later, I saw it. Like, I saw it after it was out of theaters and stuff. Yeah. And it came off, like, boring to me yeah, yeah yeah i didn't get it right right i can say the same for the blade run i did i'd say the same i think i watched it in passing on hbo or something yeah that's exactly what happened and it was like it had that film noir element yep and it had an old-timey feel to it right right that didn't seem to line up with the visuals but i look back on it as an adult and i'm like that movie rocked it was good it's almost the perfect movie wow that's impressive i did a little research on that era and mm-hmm. that movie was the birth of cyberpunk okay we talked about cyberpunk we have you know, me you and ninja dave yeah yeah and it's a subgenre of sci-fi that came about right after blade runner like we were saying and all the things that came from it that we love and played and enjoyed when we talk about shadow run which you remember playing that game on what was it the nes or was it genesis was it genesis it came out for both the genesis and the super nes the genesis version is the superior one I felt like we had fun playing it. I love the cyberpunk thing, but they also interlaced magic into it, too. Yes. That made it a little bit beyond cyberpunk. That was Shadowrun's selling point. Yeah. Anyways, I, I love Blade Runner, and I love the second one, too. I watched that when I was in California at a conference, and I was like, screw this. I'm going to the movies. <laughs> Hooked up with one of my boys, and we snuck out. And Oh, you saw it in the theater. That's cool. Part two? Yeah, yeah. We were in Oakland, ducked out. Went to the movies, had ribs and everything. It was perfect night. There was no kids. 
no wives involved, just brothers and ribs. I think 2049 is another underrated movie. It's like uh, it, it didn't get the acclaim that I think it deserved. It was good. It was really good. I thought it was good. Can you think of any movies that, that happened as a result of the original Blade Runner? Um, As a result? I listed some, so I, I could just rattle them right off. Go ahead, man. Cyberpunk movies. Akira. Okay. Megazone. Okay. Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah. Definitely Ghost in the Shell. The Matrix. Matrix. And Shadowrun the Game. Kind of disagree on the Matrix one. So the Matrix one, I feel like it's stylized like Blade Runner in there, the way they dressed uh-huh. and the way they did things. But um, when they're in the Matrix, there's not high-tech stuff all around them, really, um, because the world is actually a fabrication, so you don't really see the high-tech. Within the Matrix, Neo is a hacker. That's how he gets discovered. That, yeah, but there's other movies like that with hackers, man. There's a movie called Hackers. Which isn't a cyberpunk movie. Yeah, with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie was in a cyberpunk movie. It's called Cyborg 2. Oh, yeah. that She was in that. That's right. I liked one more, to be honest. Even though it was garbage, I still liked it more. That's the one with John claude Yeah. I couldn't sit through either one, to be honest with you. Dude, I was so... I, I saw the first one in the theaters. I was so mad when I left. I was like, this is... <laughs> It was at the height of Jean-Claude Van Damme's... Uh... You know, and it was after Bloodsport, and I was like, what the... F- this should have been on HBO. Straight to video. Yeah, it should have. I, I was so mad. Yeah, they, but there were tons of movies that came out like that, the cyber... But, you know, I think Judge Dredd was like one of the ones that I... Judge Dredd is 100% cyber. No joke, man. And I will take the second one over the first one any day. Oh, yeah. Because the second one was more Judge Dredd than the yeah, first Yeah, he never one. took the helmet off. He had, he, like... Whoever was calling the shots for that movie, they wanted it to be true to the comic. Yep. And they also uh, didn't want the star to outshine the character. Which I completely appreciate. And Carl Urban had enough humility to be like, yeah, absolutely. I don't have to take the helmet off for the entire movie. (laughs) Because the character would never do that. I love that one. Because that other one, I was like, it's a kid's movie. I don't know which one made more, but the second one was definitely the better of the two. Agreed. We have opinions. I mean, we only like things to look right. That's, right. that's all. Uh, you know, that's it's valid. That is valid. <laughs> I like that. Last on the list, man. Okay. Galaxy Rangers. No. Galaxy no, Rangers man. exists no. because of the cyberpunk movie. I don't think so, man. I don't. Are you kidding me? I completely disagree with this, man. This is a sci-fi thing, dude. I think they want to make a Western in space. They wanted to make a Western in space. But they included a lot of cyberpunk elements. If you take episode nine, for example, mm-hmm. one million emotions. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. There is a whole dystopian society right. that exists on on the surface of Mars. So they have cyberpunk elements, but I don't think it's a cyberpunk thing, dude. Granted, when they show cities, there's like those societies that look like Blade Runner that show up. You know, people with pet cockroaches and all that other good stuff. But then there's cities like. Um, Tortuna or another element of um, cyberpunk is technological modifications done to the human body like implants or bionics Steve Austin that was pre-Blade Runner cyborgs weren't unheard of I mean Doctor Who was doing similar things and talking about cyborgs and all that stuff we're talking about Blade Runner being the after point everything that can be classified as cyberpunk borrowed something from Blade Runner or borrowed something from Neuromancer Right. Which is a cyberpunk novel that came out shortly after Blade Runner. Okay. So there was a cyberpunk movement quietly happening, but Blade Runner was the shining jewel in the cinematic universe for cyberpunk, right? Yeah. Okay. There we go. And then you look at the the cyberpunk movies that came out after that. Granted. Yeah, I agree. Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, yes. Johnny Mnemonic. That's one of your old That is one of my old favorites, but that is absolutely, truly cyberpunk i agree some people would say that keanu reeves is the godfather of cyberpunk really he did a couple move well, what how many movies he's done like four or five johnny mnemonic yep the matrix yep and there's a game coming up called cyberpunk 2077 he's in it he's in it get out yeah i had no idea he was in it that game looks awesome by the oh, way oh and john wick is also kind of cyberpunkish but cyberpunk yes in castlevania cyberpunk ish Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, and so is uh, Robotech New Generation. Oh, my goodness. Robotech. All the Robotechs. Also known as Genesis Climber Mospita. 
Okay, we went to the third one, right? Versus the first two. Yes, that is the third one. You're right. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I totally disregard Sentinels. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the second one. The second one. I... It's called Southern Cross. Really? Yeah, it's a Japanese anime called Southern it's Cross. It's really called? They took three separate animes and combined them into the Robotech title. That's crazy. I, I did realize that, too. I didn't know that, but I was just kind of like, ah. Uh. They used not-so-clever editing and voiceovers to make them supposedly seamless. They were like, Admiral Rent Hunter is coming back. But then they made that aftermath, like the one that happened after the third one. The movie? Yeah. Uh, it was called, what is it called? garbage shadow chronicles i have i have i actually have two copies of it why do you have two copies of it because the second release of it came with like an exclusive um movie you're basically getting two movies for oh, the second movie or oh, the movie when they did the remake of Backcross. it was more like a super cut of yellow dancers um videos okay i don't even remember who yellow dancer is in robotech new generation the one that drove like the purple motorcycle oh that guy yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. He had an alter ego where he was like a, a famous female pop star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. That was a good disguise, though. I mean, be real. That it was. You know, you'd be some chick and dude swooning on you. I love that dude. Was like, did he realize he was a guy? He was like, what? It messed his whole day up. That had me in tears, dude. <laughs> when he realized he was a guy, he was like, what? He was so hurt. He <laughs> just. If you can't tell by the vocals, <laughs> something wrong with you. Well, no, to be honest, man, there are some women singers that have a lot of bass in their voice, man, but they can, yeah. they can hit some uh, stuff. They have like a raspiness to yeah, it. Yeah, man, it's something that, I mean, jazz ones too, man, I can think of a couple. Um, yeah, but I loved how hurt his feelings were when he found out, though. <laughs> he probably thought all his little dreams and thoughts he was having and fantasies have just been messed up. That turned his spank bank on his head. <laughs> right. He regret it. He regret it. Every thought he ever had, man. He was like, oh my. Just so done. What? It just made him have to rethink his life. <laughs> so he was like, all those times I'm looking at the posters of the ceiling. He's like, yeah. Just like, oh my God. Hey. And it was very genuine how they did it in the show. He was like, what? <laughs> Hold on, who was it that, uh, was it like just a rando character? No, nah, it was Rand. Oh, Rand, it was Rando. Yeah. yeah, it was Rand. It was Rand, that dude. It was a guy who was, oh, that's funny. He was him, man. He was, and now he's your teammate. Yeah, you got to face him every day. I think it was like he was taking off his um, shirt or something to get in his gear. He was trying to peek a look. And then he was like, what? What? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> He messed up his day. I think that's where I remember it. Funny. Yikes. Funny. The Japanese version of that show had like topless scenes. Who's topless? The girls. Oh. Uh, Rook and, and the other ones. Oh, okay. That's fine. And what's her name? Uh, what is her name? Mint. Who's Mint? The little girl? It turns out she's not a little girl. Wait, what are we talking about? What is she? A little boy? No, she's a woman. She's just short. Oh, I got it. Okay. That made no sense. Because like I said, they have a topless scene and she is busty. Okay. So, there we go. Yeah, they're like, hey, look. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> man, we have gone on tangents. I know, man. <laughs> Anyways, back to Galaxy Rangers. All right, Jay. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to lose the one thing you're known for and compensate by at least having a great personality? Yeah, yeah. I am. I am. This episode aired on September 26, 1986. Yep. And it was written by James Lucino. Who the heck is that? This is the first of six episodes written by James Lucino. Okay. Was he the person that created Nimrod? I don't know who invented Nimrod, but it might have been him. Yeah, because he shows up a few more times in the series, but... We'll see if Nimrod is in any more James Lucino episodes. Okay. And if he is, then James Lucino probably created him. Okay. He would be the one to blame. Yep. Which we will. Uh, so, this is The Power Within, and it's starting now. It starts off with Ranger 1 arriving at a system called the Horns of Capricorn. We're entering the Horns of Capricorn. Steady as she goes. All four Rangers are aboard, along with Zozo. Good. I've been wanting the whole team on a single ep, so yeah, yeah. we could see some creative use of all their various powers. I agree, man. It's been a little bit since they've done this, though. Gooseman says... Ten ships missing in the last six months. So, it appears to be an investigation and maybe even a rescue mission. When I started watching this, I saw that it seemed like they all had the same view. I'm like, wait, how are they doing this? I'm like, I only see one cockpit on Ranger 1. 
and it's not double tiered or anything and they all seem to have the same seating set up and looking out the same window but you don't see them in the same something that i found interesting is that gooseman is behind zach gooseman and somebody else i think it was gooseman and zozo right they were towards the back and when gooseman talks he shows up on zach's monitor right then it ends up later on as doc and goose are piloting then gooseman's next to doc and Zach is next to Nico. Yeah, and I think that's usually the way it goes. Zach is up front next to Nico. Right, because he likes to drive. You know, we know Zach. I don't know what the seating arrangement exactly was. Yeah, but it, it was wrong, man. It was just it looked like they had two cockpits. For a second, like I had to look again because I thought maybe Goose was outside in the intercept. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's exactly what I thought. But not at all. They were all on the same ship. I guess strewn far enough apart where they needed to show up on each other's monitors when they talked. Right, and not see and look out the exact same window. We'll let them slide on that technical difficulty. Something about this episode, it fails to establish a location. It fails to establish like your setting, and it does it often. It did it right in the beginning with the cockpit. Right. And it also does it later on with the three doors, but we'll get to that later. Okay. So Zach orders Doc to pilot them into the nebula. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take long for uh, things to go sideways. Everything starts shaking, and then Goose says they've been hit by a strong energy beam. It's apparently a tractor beam. Of course it is, Goose. Either that, or they're caught in Katana's fan ripples. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the interior. Zozo decides that this is a good time to drop a deuce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Did you see his face? Yes. I don't remember, but I can imagine it. Goose is yelling into the comm about evasive action. Right. Meanwhile, you hear Zozo grunting in the background. <laughs> so much better than the actual episode. <laughs> so much. Little dude declared war on that turd, man. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. So every system has been neutralized, and they're helplessly caught in the tractor beam, right? Right. Cut to a castle surrounded by desert. They awaken in a jail cell containing a fancy buffet. So far, it looks like the awesome-ass TMS animation team did this entire episode. Yep, truly. I hope so, because it's been uh, beautiful up till now. It was good. By the way, I found a TMS YouTube channel. They have an all-TMS YouTube channel? They do. Wow. And I was checking it out the other day. It has stuff that they I mean, not everything TMS did is, is stuff that I enjoyed, but I do love their animation. They had a few I thought were worth checking out, man, but the YouTube channel... Has a few of them on there. Anything that they were the driving force for is on this channel. So you see some stuff. Sweet. It's pretty cool. So they realize they've been stunned and robbed of all weapons and tech, including the badges. No! What I love is how, like, they get up like, oh, we've been stunned. Of course you have. You were in a ship a minute ago, and now you wake up in a jail cell. Goose says, and picked clean. And picked clean, yeah, right. They notice the laser bars on the cell, and Goose says that uh, no cage can hold them. Right. And then he throws Zack at the bar. <laughs> wish he did that. <laughs> Before they can mount an escape, a weird tune fills the air, and somebody appears under a spotlight just outside the cage. Welcome, gamesters! The strange figure lifts his head to reveal... It's Lionel, and he's all coked up. <laughs> Love that. He apparently went on a space coke bender <laughs> and was feeling frisky, and he got into Chitara's makeup. He went to Mardi Gras. <laughs> and now he's dramatic diva status, right. so the only logical conclusion at this juncture was, you know, kidnapping space cops. That's right. That makes a lot of sense, right? That's a bunch of brainiac stuff right there. You are a criminal. You're an escaped convict. And you're kidnapping cops. <laughs> and you're playing games with them. <laughs> That's the other part that makes me... Dumbass. The most the powerful, well-known cops. They're so well-known, you know where their powers come from. They're going to touch the badge. Get it. Get it now. You know, I mean, that would make sense. That was the only smart thing he did. The only smart thing he did was take the badges. They should have had a different activation device. Instead of badges, like, they blink three times. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's something underneath their skin. They could have had it in them. They shouldn't have to have a badge they have to put on. It needs to be simple and obvious, like for kids. Yeah, Wonder Twins powers unite. Yeah, you got those stupid two rings. Oh, no, that was Shazam. Shazam. You say the word Shazam? Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, that was Hanna-Barbera. The two rings came together and they called their ultra power, the king of the genies, Shazam. Oh, wow. Wonder Twins didn't have rings. They just put their hands together. They touched each other. They had rings. That wasn't how their powers worked. They just touched each other. 
Okay. They were just touchy-feely, brother and sister. <laughs> wow. I think I prefer rings. Me too. Anyways, back to our episode. Okay, let's talk about coked out Lionel. You know, I think he was speaking to the miner about space coke. So... <laughs> <laughs> Cosmic Coke. Space Coke. I don't even know where they were going with this character, man. I hate this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. All right. Disdain. It's absolute disdain. Zach cuts to the theatrical BS. He says, Nimrod, are you crazy? Where's my ship? That's my dude. Nimrod. It sounded like an insult, but it turns out it's this guy's name. (laughs) And judging by the way he's dressed... Coked up Lionel must have raided the closets of Craven the Hunter and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> He's my least favorite character in the show. He is annoying right I off the bat. I can't stand him. I like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, and your description of coked up Lionel <laughs> makes him so much better than he was. <laughs> just like... So Goose says that he escaped from a prison called Deltoid Rock. Yeah. Then Nimrod calls Zozo their pet Kiwi, which pisses him off. Zozo gives his belt buckle the death stare. <laughs> I'd be worried, Nimrod. He flips him his middle finger. <laughs> then Zack asks where their badges are. Right. What makes you think that he's going to give you your badges after he... <laughs> the, the point that... He put you in a prison cell with laser bars. He's like, where are my badges? Like, you know, if Nimrod wasn't on Space Coke, uh-huh. he would have been like, you do know I understand what they do, right? But the whole episode wouldn't happen if he wasn't coked up, so... No. Sorry. <laughs> Go on, man. So then Zack, ever the optimist, asks where their badges are. Uh, when Nimrod reveals they're in a game, Angry Doc threatens him and calls him Pinrod. Yeah, yeah. Which gave me a chuckle. It did me too, man. I love Angry Doc. This is one of those episodes where he didn't say as much as he could, man. No, but everything he said was kind of funny. Yes. Every time Doc opened his mouth, I was like, that was good. I liked it. <laughs> it was good, man. And you know that the voice actor gets all the credit because... Oh, yeah. It's the tone. Oh, yeah, man. It's the inflection of the way he says stuff that makes it funny. Yep. I do appreciate Dawkins' episode, man, for sure, because he's sarcastic all the way through, man. Every waking Mm. moment. They're supposed to survive the game for 72 galactic standard hours. If they fail or refuse to play, he adds them to his trophy collection, which consists of past contestants petrified in action poses. One of them was one of the Solarians oh, yeah. stuck in a hole in the ground and screaming. Oh, yeah, the yelling dude to Gilbert Gottfried's of space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jerks. I hated them, too. Uh, that was another one I didn't like. Ah, fire torpedoes! <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried, shut up. You and your brother. Just. <laughs> I'm just going to say this right now. Do it now. I checked out as soon as I saw that their badges were missing. Did you really? Yeah. Like, I'm here for the superpower BS that James Lucino doesn't seem to care for. Yeah. It's like a tuna fish sandwich with no mayo. Right. Yeah, it's still a tuna fish sandwich, but it's dry as hell. You'll be too busy coughing up tuna powder to enjoy the sandwich. (laughs) Anyways. Meat powder. (laughs) Moving on, James Lucino. (laughs) This guy, man. (laughs) Go ahead, Jay. Okay, first and foremost, he takes the time to give them this full-blown meal. Not one of them tried to, like, throw the food at the bars to see what would happen. I think that was just theatrics. It was theatrics. He knows they're not going to stop and eat the food. And they're not going to trust the food, even if they were hungry. Well, I'm not talking about trusting the food, but any reflective surface with a laser bar, which they called them lasers, didn't they? I don't know if they called them laser bars. That's what I call them. But a tray would be really reflective, and it could be some... Beam redirecting stuff that could have happened. If you see the bars when they finally reach the table, Mm -hmm. they ain't reflecting anything. No, they're not. They're not. Maybe they're repulsors or something. Could be. A concussive. Like a lightsaber. There are three rainbow doorways that lead to different gaming areas. Like at the back of their prison cell. I felt like the team was about to be split up like in episode eight. I did. Go station. Another one. Shout out Lance Strait. (laughs) I know. It was a Scooby-Doo mystery one, man. That was ridiculous. (laughs) Again, I love that episode. Did you really? I enjoyed it, man. I mean, all right, the Scooby-Doo stuff, it was was a little young for me. You're talking about our episode, what we did with it, or the actual episode episode? I actually enjoyed the episode overall. Okay, I enjoyed what we did with it more. There's the part where they're in the saloon in the beginning with the holograms. It was a pretty smart story. I do think it was good. It was good. Let's go back to Pimrod and... Uh. All the goodness that is him. Yes. The power within. Power. Wait, how did he title this? 
the power within. Yeah, let's make it about them without their powers. Yeah, let's, you do know what the show's about, right? Because <laughs> all right, I can understand. Like uh, I remember Dan Fiorella telling us, yeah, telling us that they're too powerful, right? And if you don't put them at a disadvantage, then there's no. There's no suspense. There's no nothing to the show. It's just like... I know. I recognize that. Introduce a bad guy, have them beat the shit out of the bad guy, and then the show's over. Okay, so we can go back to John Wick on this one then, right? Well, yeah, John Wick is... Too powerful. <laughs> He's unbeatable. Even with the odds he had against him, he was unbeatable. But still, you watched it because you wanted to see him go through it. And then there's all these new Japanese anime where the characters show up and they're already overpowered to begin with but you watch them because you want to see how this person trapped in a video game is going to use this unlimited power now okay that's a completely different type of show agreed and you know some people enjoy that the john wick of it all where it's all about finding new and creative ways to kill bad guys yeah yeah. um anyways back to pimrod separating the t- so it, what you're right though it did look I, I thought the same thing that they were going to separate Yep. thought about it and I was like they're gonna go there and I think I bet any amount of money there was some write up that said they all went three different directions and they had like three separate storylines going on them trying to get back together and all ended up in the same location and he was like uh, maybe not I think at the end of the day they wanted the theme of the episode to be that they had to figure out how to get by without using their powers as a crutch right I agreed and Nico ended up being the person that was reminding them that they don't need their powers. They have to figure things out the old-fashioned way, I think she, regular ranger style. Yeah, she was reminding them in a assholey way, too. Regular rangers, regular rangers. Even when Nico wasn't there in front of them, they still, like, they referenced, like, her saying that. Yep. I know, I know, regular ranger style, just like Nico said. Duh. Stupid bang-having chick. Curse her big booty. The whole regular ranger style yep. thing, that was the big detractor for me. Like, the fact that they didn't have their powers was like, oh, come on. I did appreciate the ingenuity. It made the ending pay off more, yes. Agreed, agreed. It was the build to get us there. I felt tortured. I did too, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, what are you going to do? So, and then some of the stuff I'm like, eh. It felt like I was being held underwater. Like, when they finally let me up, I'm like, oh my god, Oxygen! Sweet, sweet oxygen. <laughs> My thing is, though, if they were, they weren't regular rangers to begin with. No. Zack has advanced bionics that no one else has. Goose is a genetically engineered super trooper, but he doesn't have the same control over his powers that the other super troopers got. Nico has psychic abilities, but she doesn't have the same control without the badge. So the badge is supposed to be an enhancer of their abilities. Uh-huh. And Doc is the most regular of all of them. The badge doesn't yep. give him super strength, super speed, psychic abilities. It lets him talk to computers. So you, you notice he didn't say anything about being a regular ranger. Zack and Goose were the only ones complaining. Doc does complain. When? There's a part where Zack is telling him to hack. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Into the system. And he's like, God. Like, it's going to be really tough without my GDU, I think he calls it. I actually refer to that, though. Yeah, yeah. His computer flask. So, <laughs> yeah, without it's gonna be really tough to do it without a couple of drinks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I need my technology flask. Zachary, that is at least a three glugger. <laughs> <laughs> Shaken, not stead. <laughs> um, Nimrod prods the team into action by making the bars of their cell chase them toward the three doorways. So Zach tells the team to stick together. Goose says something about the laser bars having other plans. Then Zachary, apparently having gotten on board with all this theatricality, uh, points at Nimrod in the most dramatic fashion I've ever seen. Yep. And he delivers a corny line. I kind of appreciated it, though, man. He was being Zach all day, man. That's what it was. He was just pissed. He's like, he took my badge. He's like, you're going to pay for this, you punk-ass cat, dude. I'm going to get you later. Pussy. <laughs> I will get you I later. I kill you. <laughs> I kill you twice. Again, TMS's A-team is killing it. They Zach are, and his eyebrows look amazing. I love the art in this one, man. I knew it was A-team right away, man. I saw it. I was yes. like, oh, good times, man. After doing Mel Gibson's patented dramatic walk away, mm-hmm. Zach sees that the entire team have fallen all over themselves in one of the doorways and says, everyone okay? Yep. And Doc says, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, asshole. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> it was funny. He's like, I'm not okay. He could have just said no, 
<laughs> but he said no. He's like, no, dumbass. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's the perfect. It's perfect. So the team did stick together, though. They did. They end up surrounded by plateaus and cliff edges with a forest off in the distance. Suddenly, Nimrod appears from within a huge cave entrance, riding a stoger. I know, man. Isn't it crazy? He seems to be leading the charge. There is an army of red shirts and creatures behind and above him. And dogs. And dogs. All of which are aiming straight for the rangers. We've seen some of them before, but some are brand new. Yep. It's interesting how often they recycle creatures and even red shirt bad guys. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> that lizard guy and the guy with the long hair. They don't know each other, but... It's like extras. Extra actors. Yep. Zack tells them to run for the forest. They still can't shake those uh, poor hounds who are stuck in an endless running animation loop. Yep. The rangers come to a river, but Nico warns them not to jump in. She senses something strange about it. See? Not regular. But without her badge to boost her psychic power, she can't tell them specifically what set off her brain alarm. It's her women's intuition. <laughs> she didn't want to get her hair wet. Sure, it's always that. My bangs. My bangs. So Goose has Zozo gather some berries. Bring me one of those berries. It sounds about right. In a hunter-gatherer society, Zozo would definitely be the most berry-fetchingest individual. <laughs> What made him want to go? He could have thrown a rock in or something. Else. Like, but go get some berries over there, Zozo. Isn't it easier for you to go get it? You just go get it yourself. <laughs> Goose throws one in the water. They watch in horror as space piranhas converge on the berry. Right. Once they break it open, all the piranhas disperse. Zozo points out that the berries smell like shit. <laughs> That's right. So Did smearing it all over themselves should keep them safe from the piranhas until they cross the river. In theory. Cut to a giant rabbit taking a dump a quarter mile away. Oddly enough, his purple droppings look exactly like the, quote, <laughs> berries that the rangers are smearing all over themselves. Right. Giant purple <laughs> rabbit using a tree as toilet paper. That sounds great. That sounds great. You come, that's how rabbits wipe their butt. They find a bush. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So... So the first thing I I found really funny is like as soon as they come out they're like they're like they're tracking us and then Zach says let's get in the water then they won't be able to follow our scent anymore. It turns out that they're not tracking their scent. I, I know that, but the first thing Zach thinks is they're tracking us. This is a guy who's like part robot. They can track him all day with a metal detector. <laughs> True. Yes. So they swim across, and as Zozo wagered, the piranhas stay away from them. Right. Because they don't want to get E. coli. <laughs> why do all the piranhas look like little fairy people though with like spily with like little sharp teeth they're some kind of vampire fish yeah i know they have capes did you notice that i noticed that that's why i was like what who's i who's named these things alterian vampire fish that's what it was yeah who's alterian and why do you have fish like that on your planet zach praises zozo while doc wretches in the background <laughs> no joke as they exit the forest, a desert castle can be seen, implying that it's the finish line for this part of the game. You notice this isn't happening in 72 hours, man. This is happening in like two or one hour. They only have to cross a field of silver grass to reach it. Then the rangers look back and see a stoger-mounted Nimrod and his army watching them from the other side of the river. He orders them onward and they split in different directions. It's assumed that they're finding a way around the piranha-filled obstacle. Right. The bridge down the river. That's what they did. They okay. went down the river and crossed the bridge. I think them swimming across actually made it faster. Yeah. Than had they went looking for a bridge. True. Bought them a little time. So Goose takes point and runs into the silver grass. Bunny crap all over him, though. He cries out as he's zapped and falls back. Doc shouts, my Goose Man! Zack inspects the grass and realizes it's some type of razor-sharp electrified grass. Yep. He says the name, but I can't remember it. Me neither, man. I'm, I'll be saying Altarian Razor Interior. I think it was like, cut your ass up creeping Ben or something. <laughs> I know. Goose says that his leg should have changed to armor. Zack says a thunderbolt from his bionic arm would have cleared a path. Knowing that is not true. Nico says, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Stop whining like basic little bitches. Think like regular galaxy rangers. My thing is though, with Goose's powers, they're not reactive until he touches his badge. He wouldn't have changed right away. He would have had to fall, hit the grass like he did, press it, and then he'd be able to walk through. And then he'd be, I can walk through. What are the rest of you guys going to do? If he anticipates the injury, he could touch his badge ahead of time and he'd walk in and his implant would automatically react. Right. In theory. It's like a vaccine. You have to take the damage before you can actually defend against it. Yes. 
he makes an instant recovery. He gets like a reset. Yep. And he also gets an upgrade so that he can defeat whatever just hit him. Right, right, right. So when she said regular Galaxy Rangers, it got me thinking. They're all Series 5 Rangers, right? Right. They all have powers which are greatly enhanced by their Series 5 implants. Why are they on the same team? Right. They're rare, right? Right. There's only four of them. Right. You think that Beta would would have them like spread out among other Galaxy Ranger teams? Well, like if an enemy were to squeeze off a lucky shot and blow Ranger 1 to hell, <laughs> every be... Series 5 Ranger would be dead just like that. It's an all eggs in one basket situation. It kind of sort of, man, because maybe they didn't think they were actually going to be successful. But not that I want them separated, the team. Right. I like the way they interact with each other and having a variety of powers all in one team is, is cool. I agree, man. Just tactically speaking, it's not very wise, though, to keep them all together all the time. I think it was a like failure thing. It's like, you know what? They're a test group. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, we start again. If it works, we'll make more of them? Yeah, exactly. And that's probably what happened, okay. man. I mean, I think I heard them mention Series 4 once. Really? Yeah. I think I heard once, and I was like, who are they? I want to see those guys. When we get to that episode, I'm going to analyze the hell out of that statement. I need to find that out, too, man. I'm trying to remember where it was. Maybe I just made it up, and it was one of my Space Coke days. Space Coke! Anyways, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, uh, tactically speaking, it wouldn't be very wise. Speaking of wise, Zach has the idea of building stilts using materials that aren't even there. Right. Where the F did they get bamboo <laughs> poles and nails and such? Everybody gets a set, though. And one for you, and one for you. My thing is they had enough time to build them. Yeah. They could have went around the grass. They saw Nimrod go right. They could have went left. Oh. Uh, so they clear the shock grass. Yep. But Nimrod isn't far behind. He rides his stoger right through, cutting a path for the run-loop tracker hounds. Mm-hmm. So they figure out that the hounds track psychic signals, which is how they've been tracking the rangers. Zach mentions some cool shit that Nico could have done if her implant were active. She verbally pimp slaps him once again. She does some psychic jujitsu, sending the hounds in the wrong direction. Meanwhile, the team heads to the lake. Wait, where'd this lake come from? Holy hell, I'm getting anxiety. I'm getting anxiety too. Are you telling me there's two more trials after this one? Yep. F Nimrod, seriously. <laughs> you know, coked up lion. I still <laughs> coked up lion. <laughs> So about halfway across the lake, which is more like a bog, a misty bog, if you will, Indeed. Doc starts sinking and he has to get rescued by his wingman, Goose, mm-hmm. and his mortal enemy, Zack. <laughs> kidding. So my problem with this whole thing is, man, why is there the gratuitous butt shot of Doc? I don't know. That what, was what, was, what was that all about, man? I'm like, why are they all up in his stuff, man? I think that was TMS showing off for comedic effect. I think so. They're like, show the black guy's butt. Yeah. Or it was storyboarded that way, and it didn't look quite as, like, bodacious. Yeah, still, man. Anyone doing this camera work-wise have been like, what? This is wrong. So Doc is barely out of the water when the sun gets blacked out and a rainstorm hits. They head towards the waterfall that Nico claimed she had sent the hounds to. But wait. Some clever dialogue editing just made this one an entirely different waterfall. Look, another waterfall. I know. <laughs> I know. Another waterfall. I'm not falling for your tricks, James Lucino. <laughs> no kidding, man. They go right to the waterfall. That's right. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, behind the waterfall is another rainbow doorway. Mm-hmm. Just in time, Nimrod and his army of red shirts have caught up. He's still talking like Rekgar, only more annoying. Stereo component system. Let's move. But wait, there's more! So they run through the doorway. Now they're back in the jail cell. But the laser bars start closing in on them again. How slow are these bars, man? Really, really slow. They could have waited. They could have figured some stuff out. Someone could have ran through a door, came back. It gets visually confusing. Right. Doc says, over there! But they appear to run back through the same exact rainbow doorway. Yeah, man, I noticed that too. It's like they get to the... They just run backward, I know. Yep, but as far as the story goes... They went into the next doorway. Right. But that's not what they did, though. No, that's they, not what you saw. That's right. They just turned right around and went back out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Anyways, now they're in the middle of a sandstorm. Nico says, there! And they push their way towards whatever she was pointing at. It's a metal structure. Maybe a wall? So once they reach it, the sandstorm subsides. Doc removes his boot and pours out about 30 pounds of sand. 
Space Coke. <laughs> he was smuggling Space Coke. Really? So, <laughs> Why would he pour it out then? I don't know, but he's like, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. Pour it all over his face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like Al Pacino. <laughs> I looked at my little friend. Oh, man. That would have been hilarious. Good times. Where am I? Um, the structure. Structure. Zach points out that it's not a wall. All right. Settle down, eyebrows. But one of Nimrod's captured spaceships, half buried in the sand. He says the aileron. This isn't a wall. It's the aileron of a starfighter. That's not a spaceship term, though. It sounds like an airplane term versus a spaceship term. I don't know. Nah, a zoom out reveals that they're in a spaceship junkyard. They're surrounded by all the missing ships. So Goose takes a look around and says, all right, let's get to work. So everybody immediately starts uh, scavenging the ships for parts. That's teamwork. Without a word, everybody knew what the plan is. No questions asked. So my thing is, if it's a ship graveyard, there has to be at least one that can fly. Yes. That's what I'm saying. One that can start and get you someplace other than... They would just get tractor beamed again. Sure. If they're just trying to get away, they're just going to get recaptured again. They don't have their powers at all. I think it'd be hard. Nimrod is still on the loose doing his thing. Well, Nimrod's running around looking for them. If he could take off, it's a whole planet. At one point, Nimrod realizes that something is amiss. Yeah. And he's like, okay, everybody, back to the castle. That's right. He's like, I haven't seen them in a few hours. He gave them 72 hours. Galactic standard hours. I don't know if those are actual hours. or Well, if like, the word hour you know, sounds like hour to uh, me, dude. A galactic hour is 90 seconds. To Probably, them. I guess. <laughs> Everybody knew what the plan is. No question that. Goose says that he needs a decent thermo wrench. Zack says, This grappling arm is in fair condition. Good. Good? Don't humor him, Goose. Don't, right? You'll just encourage him to That's keep right. bringing you random shit when you ask for a very specific <laughs> tool. I need a wrench. His arm looks good. He's like, thanks, Zack. They all look at each other, except for they all look at each other. <laughs> yep. Out of quarter out. Okay, thank you, Zach. <laughs> thank Zach. Zach's all, like, happy with himself. Please. I help. Skips away. <laughs> it's like, ah, la, la, la. <laughs> I'm contributing. It looks like Goose is taking charge of this situation. Agreed. He's apparently the resident gearhead. Right. Everybody is coming to him with stuff they found. I half thought Doc was kidding when he said he almost had his flux hooter disconnected. <laughs> Yep. If it's getting disconnected, you're doing something wrong. No kidding. We got a great shot of his flux hooter in the park. <laughs> Quick, look at my flux hooter. So after a brief montage, we see the fruit of their labors. Zozo says, it'll never fly. And Goose says, it's not meant to. A pullback reveals the miscellany, a hybrid of the Thunder Tank and Jace's vehicle from Wheeled Warriors. <laughs> Good stuff. It's pretty freaking awesome. It is. <laughs> so they completed construction not a moment too soon either just over the horizon a battalion of mad max vehicles is racing toward them goose looking like a young clint eastwood at this particular moment mm -hmm. says a different kind of storm is coming <laughs> perfect so goose and nico mount up <laughs> yes they did get your mind out of the gutter i mean nico navigates in goose's cockpit wait wait there, that's the same it's not the same it's exactly the same uh, it's, it's better i'm telling no, you it's not dude it's not it's not meanwhile zach doc and zozo head for a rainbow doorway that randomly appears this was the plan wait for something random to happen right no that sounds really bad a rainbow doorway oh come on now i'm just repeating it why would that sound bad? Well, after you navigating cockpits, I figured the rainbow doorway <laughs> would just be like rainbow doorway. <laughs> so. I wonder how Rand would feel about that. I know, man. He'd be upset still. <laughs> He's still like confused about his identity. Like, He's like, I don't remember why. <laughs> look, man. Hello, dancer. I mean, Lancer. No use crying over spilled. Uh, Yellow whatever. dancer. <laughs> man, dancer. Oh, <laughs> so confused. <laughs> I just realized Rand got his stuff straight, though, before the series ended. Doesn't he hook up with Rook? Yeah, he does. Okay. He redeemed himself right away. He's like, okay, I got to play my manhood, damn it. You, Red, let's go. Dude, uh, Rook's backstory is really dark. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In the anime or in the show? I don't remember it in the show. Even in the English version, but I think that the the anime where well, the dialogue was obviously different. Mm -hmm. I think it might have been a little more explicit as to what her deal was. But, yeah, there's an implied rape, and it's really messed up. Oh, okay. She's part of, like, a motorcycle gang right. or something like that. Right. I think she joined it to be with this dude, mm -hmm. and the dude turned on her, and 
So did all the dudes. Oh, whoa. I don't remember that, but okay. It was iffy, man. Oh, well, that sounds iffy and wrong. Yep. I see why she got a high-tech robot and was killing aliens for the world. And why she has like this badass attitude and you know learned how to fight and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She probably went back and got them with her bike. Did she know how to make it transform before? I think so. Rand is the one that didn't know how to. Okay, okay. He just thought it was a motorcycle and then uh, what's-his-name taught him how to use it. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you how this works for real there, dude. Uh, where was I? They jump in the ship. I already did that part. <laughs> Different kind of storm. Yep. Wait for something random. Laser bar is closer than before. Okay, here we go. The three of them run into the third and last rainbow doorway. They are transported to the desert where the castle is located again. Mm -hmm. I think somebody decided to reuse some background art. Lazy bastards. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> it happens sometimes, man. People take shortcuts. I understand, man. It's animation for TV, and they had a short window to build this whole series, though. Yes. Cut them slack. Meanwhile, Goose and Nico in the miscellany are kicking every ass that dares cross their path. Cut to the castle exterior and a couple of crossbow-wielding guards who look like humanoid versions of the Sharktacons. Right. <laughs> Zozo pulls his trademark distraction maneuver, complete with Neener Neener. At this point, I had the show paused to write notes, mm -hmm. and I noticed something about Zozo. What? He looks a lot like the alien from those old Reese's Pieces commercials. What? This alien? If that alien had a Brady Bunch perm. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I don't remember what you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> you don't remember the Reese's Pieces commercials? I don't. Yeah, like there's a part where there's an old dude behind the counter, mm -hmm. and the alien just comes in, walks up to him, and he's making like alien noises, and the old dude's like, you want Reese's Pieces? Okay, here you go. And the alien eats some, and then he walks out. <laughs> and the old is like staring and then the old lady comes up and stands next to him and she goes who was that and he's like i don't know look like your brother <laughs> <laughs> i like it i had to find it now he's definitely a zozo looking alien so the shark decons are distracted nice. then zachary and doc knock them out they get into the castle zach points out that they're finally on the other side of the laser bars cut to beyond thunderdome <laughs> Nimrod is closing in on the miscellany. Then Nico says, Okay, Pinrod, try this on for size. Mm -hmm. As Goose gazes lovingly at her, <laughs> she pulls a lever and it releases the rear armor of the vehicle. The nearest pursuer gets destroyed while the others evade. She said Pinrod. Yeah. That was Doc's line. That's right. I think that's why Goose was looking at her that way. She's like a hot psychic ninja girl and she makes a great wingman. That's right. Yep, she's the full package. The keeper. Uh, so one of the enemy vehicles jumps clean over Nico and Goose. How'd that happen either? Goose uses the grapple arm to pluck the driver right out of his seat. I gotta say, we're nearing the end of the episode and the whole thing has been animated superbly. Yes. I love my TMS. Oh my goodness, they did a great job. The animations, movement, camera angles. I, I give them props for it, man. They, they did a good job of the crappy episode. Oh, <laughs> sorry, man. I'm trying my best here, man, to not like. I think you were being nice when you said it took the wind out of your sail. Your Galaxy Rangers, wouldn't they know enough stuff how to deal with it if they didn't have their badges? Zozo had to be the one to tell them it's, it's crap berries or bunny poop that's been wiped off on a tree. So, pass <laughs> me those berries over there. Zozo was like, What berries are you talking Oh. Those are the berries? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cut to inside the castle. Zack orders Doc to hack the system. Doc complains that he doesn't have his flask. He calls it his CDU. Yeah, yeah. It's a small ripple. Then Zack starts lecturing him <laughs> about not needing special powers. As if Mr. Irony here wasn't just moments earlier complaining about how much he misses his powers. Touchy bastard. <laughs> anyway, Doc agrees and starts hacking the old-fashioned way. Suddenly, three Sharktacons appear and start firing their crossbows at them. Cut to the desert chase. Nimrod suddenly cuts off pursuit and orders his minions to do the same. He seems to have been alerted that the castle is being hacked. Speaking of, Doc encounters the castle's defense program. They get in a joke battle, with Doc coming out victorious, obviously. Of course. Meanwhile, Zack has somehow gotten a crossbow of his own and is defending their position. Got it from one of the Sharktacons, right? Yeah, well, they, they don't show how he got it, though. Great job, episode. Great job. Well, I mean, like I said, corners have been cut. Lots of them. Uh, Zozo makes a break for the badges in the trophy room. 
Upon setting foot in the chamber containing the badges, Zozo freezes in place, making Doc realize that the beings in the other chambers are alive, petrified but still alive. <coughs> Zozo! What happened? These beings aren't dead, they're in stasis. Suddenly, Zack turns to see Nimrod and his minions standing there. He orders Nimrod to disable the field that has the prisoners frozen. Nimrod responds with more game show lingo. At this point, Zack seems to be buying some time slash antagonizing Nimrod. Can't help himself, man. He does another dramatic pointing animation. And the art changes a bit. Did you notice that? I did. It looks way more like comic book art. Mm-hmm. I bet the animators were going off of um, Ken Landgraf's character designs. They look like those look like his lines. Hmm. Very observant. Ken Landgraf is, by the way, one of uh, Rabbi Bob's pen pals. Yep. So Nimrod and the boys all open fire, sending Doc and Zack running for cover. Suddenly, the wall crashes in. It's Goose and Nico and their Wheeled Warriors claw tank. <laughs> this instantly turns the tide. Yep. Doc says, "My Goose Man." Well, all right. Yeah, no, it's not like there's an entirely other person with him. That's right. An ass-saving collaborator, if you will. That's right. Goose seems to have forgotten that uh, he's not invincible at the moment. He exits the vehicle and attacks an armed red shirt with his bare hands. No joke, man. And wins. Howdy, fellas. Did you forget about us? Snatches him up and tosses him. And then takes the gun. Yeah, I think it was all confidence. Yep. Nico and Zach do the same. I guess all it took was some confidence, like I said. Yeah, they just start believing in themselves, remember their training, and start handling. Yep. They had it in them all along. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Um, Doc is doing something at the computer, and suddenly Zozo is free. Just as a shark decon attacks Doc from behind and is greeted by an elbow to the mush. That's right. Cut to Zozo juggling the badges. Well, look what I've got. Look alive! <laughs> he starts flinging them like shuriken. The next 10 seconds is why I love TMS so damn much. Yeah. Doc senses a giant bastard about to pounce on him from behind and ducks, causing the beast to knock himself out, then catches the first badge. Right. Goose does a running clothesline on a rando. Yeah. Or as me and the old neighborhood guys used to call it, a booger hook. <laughs> well said, dude. I was thinking exactly that. It was a booger hook. What was the one when you hit him from the back? Call that a sack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> He does the booger hook, then catches his badge, immediately putting it on. Zachary delivers a jumping kick to a red shirt and somersaults off his chest, finishing with a superhero landing, yep. and catches his badge almost without looking. That's right. Showing out. Nico ninja kicks one dude, taking his gun. Then she goes on a Halo 3-style killing spree <laughs> before <laughs> yeah, catching her badge. Running the whole time, man. Yes. The background's blurred. She's just handling. Now unleashed, Zachary warns everybody to stand back or be blasted. I think he was directing that at his teammates as well. Yeah. <laughs> he starts thunderbolting the shit out of the place. Yeah, Dudes are running for their lives. <laughs> Nimrod almost gets hit by a thunderbolt. This pisses one of the Voltron red shirts off. Right. Uh, so he fires and hits Gooseman. Goose badges up and turns to armor, as he alluded to earlier. Now he's running up on fools and laying into them with armor-plated knuckle sandwiches. That's right. Nico comes out of nowhere, getting somebody in a rear naked chokehold, and then rams his head into Goose's guy for a two-in-one knockout. Good stuff, see? Something happens that frees all of Nimrod's captives simultaneously. My trophies! Double or nothing, Galaxy Rangers! Nimrod instantly fills his litter box. <laughs> I think it was Doc, man. Doc did something. Yeah, I think Doc did it. So Nimrod tries to negotiate his way out of it, but when that doesn't work, he stupidly rushes at Zack. <laughs> so Zack's CQC training takes over, and he puts Nimrod to the ground, telling him he's going back to the deltoid rock. But just to make sure he doesn't try to escape again, Zack thunderbolts his legs off. <laughs> or was that just my fanfic rewrite? We all wish that would have happened. Sorry, RD. I would love to see that happen. I would have loved to see that too. Or he'd give him a bionic booger hook. Oh, yeah. That would have been even better. That would decapitate him. He had to hit him a little lower. Hit him across the chest so he flips twice. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. Cut to the Rangers inside some big purple junkyard ship. She's not much of a ship, but she'll get us back to Earth space. What? They couldn't find Ranger 1? No. Nope. Uh, so they talk about Nimrod's fate. 
And Zack says that his prisoners wanted a little revenge before releasing him to the authorities. What about Nimrod? His captives wanted just one more game before they return him. And... Da, 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 no, 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 man. Man. no, no, man. Hey, come on, fellas. New kitchen utensils, a microwave shaver, a dinette set, a year's supply of dental floss, you name it. The clock is running. How about a trivia game? Did you notice that during Nimrod's last scene, the animation didn't seem to match the dialogue? Right. Like, the dialogue was light and funny. Yeah. But the animation panned the crowd of dudes surrounding Nimrod. Right. They had clenched fists. One dude was in his face and gets in a fighting stance. Yep. And Nimrod's expression looks like he's accepted that the ass whooping is inevitable. <laughs> That's right. Snake Eyes is about to give it to him, man. It was like, okay, here it comes. <laughs> Just gets his jaw ready for him. It was like Gen 1 Snake Eyes. Huh. That was a pretty cool looking one. I did think so, man. I love the end of that episode. Me too, man. Just the last minute makes it totally worthwhile. It's almost worthwhile. Right. That's all right. Next episode, much better. So you got any closing thoughts, Jay? That episode sucked. <laughs> Except for the last five seconds of it. <laughs> That's my closing thought. I, I will say, wow. I, you know, I, I have some episodes I'm like, cool, um, that are, I try really hard, but others I can't. I This is one where I can't. I can't. I tried to find good in it. I, there was, you know, the, the like you said, the best part, the best thing about it was the animation, man. The art was, um, was art was really good throughout the whole thing. It was, it was really good. I mean, yes. the detail in Zach's face when he's like doing a dramatic finger pointing, that was cool stuff. Yeah, I gotta say, I can't really say that the writing was bad. I don't think the writing was bad. I think the situation that they were in was shitty. Right. And it felt like claustrophobic. I couldn't wait for the end of the episode. I think they could have been more creative with the Rangers. It feels like they're so dependent on these powers. They should have been, like you said, owning them, dude, like they did when they crashed through that wall. Instead of having it start off without them having used their powers at all. They could have had the episode start like a Lethal Weapon movie. Where the Lethal Weapon movies usually, they start off with the ending of an imagined movie before it. I don't remember that, but okay. I'm listening. The opening scene is the closing scene of a movie that didn't happen. Okay. Like, uh, I think it was part four where they're fighting some dude with a blowtorch wearing a suit of armor. Okay. And you're like, what the hell? How did it come to this? They never explain how it came to that, but they show how they beat the dude. Right. So... The Rangers could have had one of those kind of scenes where they just finish beating a bunch of bad guys using their powers, and then it goes into the Nimrod episode. That way you see what they're missing. Right. You've already gotten a taste of their powers, and you can't wait for them to get them back. And it'll also shorten all the Nimrod garbage. Right. <laughs> right. And not to mention Coke Lion-O, the worst villain <laughs> right now. But the best description villain. <laughs> of a villain ever. <laughs> best description, but Nimrod, I always hated him. Every time he showed up in episode. Yes, he seems like an infuriating kind of guy. I don't even I don't even know, man. Just, I can't. I couldn't. That guy was just lame. You know what? F you, Nimrod. Yep. Hall of shame for you, Nimrod. All right, Jay, you ready to close this one out? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Excellent. Okay, listener, that was The Power Within. And next episode, we're going to be doing episode 21 titled Games. Tune in next time. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Galaxy underscore Rangers. We're also on Apple Podcasts, the artist formerly known as iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review us. We'll find some space coke for Lion-O. <laughs> just right. Too much of a commitment? Fine. Just do one or two of those things. But then we'll only be able to get our hands on some space baking soda. Just <laughs> at our website, series6podcast.com, the number six. See us on Facebook and YouTube now. Links in the show notes. Send us feedback. You can email us at galaxyrangers at email.com. That's galaxyrangers, no space, at email. Not Gmail. E, because everybody has to stay home. <laughs> yeah, everybody's under quarantine. I don't want to date the episode, but we're in the middle of the coronavirus crisis, COVID-19. Just outro. We've been your host. I'm RD. And I'm Jay. And we'll see you next time. Disengage your freaking hyperdrives bye bye later meat powder